coming up on the Be a Nice Mom podcast. Painting a picture of what reality looks like without being accusatory to the husband, I think we're much more receptive to, to seeing and understanding that. I think it, it, we all want to do the right thing. Welcome to Be a Nice Mom with Skills, episode 13. I'm Nancy Lucas, the safe and calm mommy mentor and a conscious discipline certified instructor in Florida. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at freeaudiobookfromnancy.com. freeaudiobookfromnancy.com. More than 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Well, having an Audible book is perfect for our guest today. Nick Snap is a productivity strategist and a podcaster with his own company called Inspire Me Solutions. He also has his own podcast called the Make It Snappy Productivity Show. Welcome, Nick. How are you today? Nancy, I'm feeling great this morning, despite the fact that we had a newborn 10 days ago. So I know. (laughs) I was going to say, I should have said congratulations before my welcome. And this is baby number three. How are you guys doing? It is. We're doing great. I mean, it's different. Like we're outnumbered now, but we're managing (laughs) it. Somehow, I guess we've been through this, especially since it's our third boy. We are a little bit scared about the transition to a, a little girl, but now that it's a boy, like we're, we know how to deal with boys. He's a good baby. He's only getting up like two times throughout the night. And my um, sole responsibility right now is just to prepare the supplemental formula. So that's uh, not completely formula fed, but I got to give him a little bit of formula. So I'll, I'll do that. I'll wake up for that. And other than that, I've just been sleeping in a little bit longer so that I'm not just like a, a zombie throughout the day. But I'm feeling good today. Thanks. Uh well, when we were going back and forth by email, I was like, I was not going to bother you for six weeks. Somehow that <laughs> six-week mark is my sanity. Like, if I make it past six weeks, I know the baby's going to do well and, I, and I'm going to be sane. But 10 days, I would never have picked up the phone for business. So. No, and, it's all good. And, we wouldn't split the game early, so you wouldn't know. Ah, well, and it just goes to show why I wanted you on the show, because you're <laughs> an amazing dad. I, in our pre-interview, moms, I told him, like, He's the ideal, like, if you don't have a husband or a dad like this in your family, when you listen to Nick talk, you know, I told him, like, do you have any secrets for those of us that don't have a guy in our life like that? Like, you know, paint us a picture of how we get somebody with these kind of boundaries, this kind of compassion for family. So when you listen to Nick's story, just be encouraged, women. I've I've met him in person. We're in the same kind of business owners group here in Tampa, Florida, and just a little bit of consulting and conversation we've had have been really encouraged, and I hope you are today, too. Well, well thanks for that. That, that makes me feel, feel really good. Thanks. Well, it's it's beautiful. I, and also, I should say, I heard him tell a story at a for another podcaster's live event. And then when I met him in person, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I have heard this story. And uh, Nick, tell them Chris's podcast theme. Have your, has your episode already aired? Wait for the story jam? Yes. You know, I don't think it's aired yet because he releases those out in segments, but it should be pretty soon. Yeah, it's a story where we were almost moving to South America and all the different hardships and roller coaster of emotions that went along with that. That's the one you're referring to? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was and what is the name of Chris's time. podcast again? Story Jam Theater. Yes. 
So, ladies, uh, Story Jam Theater, Chris Kremitzos is the president of our business owners organization and a PodFest organizer as well here in Tampa, and a global event, really, had people flying to Tampa just about podcasting and just a great storyteller. So that's a bit of a side note. And Chris and Katie just had their first baby. So it's like babies in business all over Tampa here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm totally sidetracked. Nick. Could you share a story now that you've got three boys of a time when you realized like, wow, I I need to up my game in parenting. Yes, I can. Uh, You know, I've been trying to start a business for many years, over five years, and I had it going on the side when I was working for a Fortune 500 company. Uh, I worked for a couple of different Fortune 500 companies. I was just side hustling for a long time, trying to figure out how to make it work and I thought everything was going fine, you know? I'm like, okay, I go to work, I get up a little earlier, and I'll work on my side business, and I'll, I'll stay late if I have to, to to finish my side business. And it, it was all about what I wanted to do, what I wanted to achieve, what my goals were, and I didn't think it was affecting the family because I was doing my best to keep it away. You know, I was doing it best to not to still be present but not be, you know, working all hours of the night and just, I, I wanted, I, I felt like I had some sort of plan uh, in place to start this side business that, that wasn't causing a stress on my wife and my kids. Well, there was a night I remember very, very distinctly where I was lying in bed and it was just kind of like this tension, you know, between my, my wife and I. And I was like, what's, and I couldn't really understand what was going on, but it was this tension that had built up over a course of probably several months, if not a year, that I, I just guys typically were a little bit oblivious to this sort of thing as it starts, you know, mm-hmm. these, these build up of, of just emotions. And I was laying in bed and, and we were, I can't remember exactly what we were talking about, but I remember asking my wife the question because our marriage, the, the state of our marriage came up. And I was like, you know, well, we're doing, you know, we're doing okay right now, right? And I'll never forget, she's like, Nick, we don't have that good of a marriage. And I felt like my world was just crashing down at that time because I felt mm-hmm. like I just, I worked so hard um, to to try to balance like my own personal goals and ambitions uh, for, for getting out of corporate America and doing my own thing and building a business. And I thought that my wife understood that like, I'm doing this for us, for our family. Like, this is not just about me, but when she said that, it really, it, first it caught me off guard and just completely, like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, what do you mean we have a good marriage? Like, we're great. Like, we're the couple that everybody, like, looks up to and, and, and admires. Like, you and you think we don't have a good marriage? Like, how dare you? Like, it was the first thought that I had, you know. But then it really forced me into a state of personal reflection. I'm like, okay, really, what are my intentions for wanting to do all these things that I want to do? And it kind of goes back to, um, the story about moving to South America, like I have all these great big dreams as as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, and then I, I wanted to move my family internationally. And I had, like, I want to be an international entrepreneur or I want to take a sabbatical. And I had all these wants, you know? But when I really got to the root of, after she made that statement, I started asking myself, like, okay, is this really about my family or is it about me and what I want? Like, I feel, I felt like I was fooling myself into, um, 
into believing that I was doing this for my family and that it was best for my family. Like me being at home, working on my business to, or, or us being internationally, having this experience, but in truth, like I wanted it. It was all about me. And I didn't, I didn't work out the plan with my wife in advance. Like we didn't come to agreement on this together. It was like, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. This is why I'm going to do it. Mm. And it's what I'm going to work towards, but I didn't have the buy-in. She never really got it. Um, and it wasn't until I said, okay, this marriage that I'm in right now is the most important thing that I could do. Or second most important. My first most important is my relationship with God. Second is with my family, my wife, primarily, then my kids. Like, that's the order for me. It's God, wife, kids. And if that's not right in my life, it doesn't matter. I could build this awesome side business. I could and, and leave corporate America and be making all kinds of money. And, and hey, here's my, my goals, my dreams. And then what happens? She, she's gone, like takes the kids. So then what? So it was like a wake-up call for me to really look at my intentions for why I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And then it's, it was the catalyst for me to give up control. Like I had these wants and desires. I believe I had all the wants and desires for a reason. But I was very attached to the outcome. Mm. And when you're attached to an outcome, it's, it's an unhealthy way of thinking. You know, if you're, if you're highly engaged in what you're doing, that's great. But if you're so vested in what happens on the back end, you're missing out one on the journey <laughs> and, and all the different things that come along with it. Yeah. Um, and two, yeah, you just, in, in your, your motivation and your, your motives and everything, the way that you go about doing things, it, it, it can be off space. And, and I looked at, I looked within, I said, this really is all about me. I'm going to switch the paradigm. I'm going to serve my wife. I'm going to serve the, the potential clients. It's not about the money. It's like, I, I want to do this because I feel called to do it, but I'm going to do it for the right reasons. And that was the big game changer for me. Well, and, you know, as a man, you're not alone. Uh, Kelly Watts, who you know from uh, our business organization also, was on podcast mm-hmm. number 10 with me. And he said on, on the podcast, so it's public, I'm not gossiping, you know, <laughs> behind right. our friend's back. And Kelly said, you know, I thought I was doing my thing. Like, I was a man. I went and worked. I provided. Like, I thought I was doing yeah. my thing, you know. And uh, I know a gentleman that his company profited a hundred million dollars in the last three years. And he hosts a Bible study in his company and is intentional. You know, just went to a discipleship conference and everyone that talked about discipleship mentioned how Jesus did it with intention. You know, how the productivity and our work cycle has to be, our relationships have to be intentional. And that's what it sounds like your discovery was. Yeah, it certainly was. It, it was that what I'm doing, it, it amounts to something bigger. And something bigger isn't, the end game isn't me. It's not what I want to experience because that's going to be fleeting. Like I'll have that experience that moment and it'll go away. But what can I do to serve other people? You know, in God's name, at the end of the, mm-hmm. at the, end of the day, if your listeners um, have their own faith, then it's like it, it, it should point ultimately to what are you doing um, for for God, at least it did for me. And then how can, then once you get that straight and you, and you change the paradigm, when I changed the paradigm to focus on God and then my family, as a result of that, 
man, things happened very, very quickly. That's when that's when doors started opening up. That's when I was able to actually leave the company and stop struggling on this like hamster wheel that I was on, doing all these <laughs> ridiculous ideas that didn't really that I wasn't passionate about, and just for the sake of just creating some sort of business to get a corporate marathon. Like it was asking why. Like my wife had been asking me why the whole time, but I've been ignoring. I'm like, what do you mean why? It doesn't it doesn't matter what do you care? Like why do you want all these things? Like I said, oh, I want to leave corporate America. Well, why do you want to leave corporate America? It's like, well, because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm you know, I'm, I'm better suited to work for myself. I want the freedom. Oh, well, why do you want the freedom? Why is that important to you? And I, I hated answering those questions. But it, and it mm. probably took me about four or five years to actually come to terms with answering the questions she'd been asking me the whole time. I finally said, okay, I'm really going to truthfully look myself in the mirror and, ask, and answer the tough questions. Mm. So things like, if you never move your family to another country, are you okay with that? If it never happens. And, mm. and, and why? Why do you want that so badly? Like, why do you really want that experience? And can you get it in other ways? Like, there's all these different things mm-hmm. where I, when I finally got over myself and, and shifted it, it was it was a, a life changing experience for me. Okay, so that leads me to one one statement and one question. So the, sure. the statement is, uh, I have a program called Be a Nice Mom 101: Transform Your Anger to Good for Good in Three Weeks or Less. And one of the lessons in there is a mind shift or a skill of breaking your life up. What is God's? What is yours? And what what belongs to other people? So that that lesson, it sounds like similar to what you had to walk through in having this side job and having this career and having these dreams. All right. Some of this stuff you had to put back in God's pile. Like I cannot be committed to the outcome of that. God, I'm going to have to put that in your pile. And some of it you took on yourself. You know, I can set limits. I can just do one job. I can focus on my family more. And some of it, you know, you were gracious enough to let your wife have her voice or to speak her voice and that you actually listened. And that's mm-hmm. that's where my question comes in. So what about us moms? Because one of the things I also talk about in that course is the four roots of anger. And one of them is stress. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes daddies don't understand the level of stress that, that moms are under, but somehow you were able to hear your wife. And mm. I mean, I, I see your calendar. I'm only allowed to call you on certain, not that I'm only, you know, I can call <laughs> you anytime. I don't want it to be that, but you're, you know, you're regimented and, and yeah. you have certain things that go on at certain times to protect your family time. So could you give us moms some insight? Like, what what is the way to approach a dad or speak to a dad and say, hey, honey, our our this isn't the kind of marriage, you know, I, I wanted more time. How do we how do we get to the place where a husband could be willing or um, committed to what you are? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm not, first of all, I just want to say I'm not the perfect husband by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I have learned from my process and I, I've been in a place where it was I only cared about pretty much myself like I like I said before I I convinced myself that I was caring for other reasons my family and everything but it really wasn't like so I guess from my from a husband's perspective if as a wife you're never gonna change your husband right like that's the way and I'm never gonna change my wife because so the quicker we can get over that concept in a marriage the better because Mm -hmm. we're not going to listen you know, like you need to do this, you need to do that. Like it's all, it's accusatory type language that we shut down. And I'm sure that wives are the same way. Um, So I think we just want to be understood. So 
I, at the time I, I was struggling, you know, just with all these, just, um, these hopes and dreams, well, those are all rooted in, well, something's kind of missing in my life. Like, why do I want all these different things? And we want it, we want to be understood. So I, and, and the other, the other thing is there's, there needs to be, I guess, for us to really come to the realization that we're going to protect our family and take care of our family. Like you said, uh, there's got to be skin in the game. Like there's got to be high stakes. And for me, the stakes weren't high enough for me to care until I had that conversation with her about, Hey, our marriage isn't mm-hmm. that good. Like I was blinded to that. So, uh, it's, everybody's different and how they, some, some husbands probably might be able to hear that and just be completely fine with, okay, our marriage isn't that good. I, I got to handle that someday. And maybe someday comes and the, their wife has left them and it's, you know, it's just never, you never got to it. But I think at this, if the stakes are high enough where, hey, look, this is what's going on right now. This is how it's affecting myself and, and the kids. And I'm talking from the wife's perspective, painting a picture of what reality looks like without being accusatory to the husband. I think we're much more receptive to, to seeing and understanding that. I think it, we all want to do the right thing. At least we're in a marriage for a reason. Like we want to be in the marriage. Uh, we want we want it uh, conceivably or, or assuming that we want the marriage to work. So if we understand the effects of our actions, then we're much more likely to take action to fix it. And if we strategize together, you know, negotiate ways to make it work out, um, we we want to be creative. You know, like we want to, I always wanted to work with my wife on my business and the strategy of where the family is going, but I was so far removed in my own little world with my own little blinders out that I had no room for her. Like I didn't want to hear it. You know, mm. and once once I I open myself up to the idea, of once I, I once I realized that she she was taking active interest in um, in where the family was going and what I wanted to do, and she cared. Like I realized she really did care about what I was doing. Um, and we worked together to figure out a system that works for for us collectively. And and I'm not saying that wives need to be part of their husband's business. Um, vocation, but certainly the results of the business and where it's going to take the family and uh, having a good, a very clear vision um, and a family mission statement is, is important. Like t- together you're building that. Like we, I think the one thing that we get hung up on as entrepreneurs and just uh, achievers is that like we, we think about achievement as in our own personal goals, but when you when you get married, like it's not about you anymore. Like it's not, it's your, your family goals. You, you don't do life solo anymore. You do it with somebody else. And mm. that hit me between the eyes. I'm like, I, I, my personal goals don't matter. They really don't mm. because I'm, I'm taking somebody else with me. Mm. Um, so I, I guess from, from the advice perspective, uh, yeah, just understanding where your husband's at and why he's doing what he's doing, being, um, uh, receptive and empathetic to that situation without being accusatory, much more likely to, to listen and strategize with you. <laughs> wow. Thank you for that, Nick. And I, I know that you have read a book recently, so let's do a little audible break. I'm going to do a sentence and then you tell them about the book and then we're going to get to your skill. Cause I, that last question just came out cause I know who you are and I'm like, how do they do that? <laughs> What's the secret? 
But let's go to the audible break. You tell them about the book. I'll do a sentence. You tell them about the book, and then we'll get back to your skill. You ready? Sounds great. For you, the listeners of Be a Nice Mom with Skills podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get this book at Free Audiobook from Nancy. And the one Nick recommended is... 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management from Kevin Cruz. And Cruz is spelled K-R-U-S-E, and there was one particular chapter you mentioned. Would you share that? Well, it's actually all the chapters, surprisingly. So the 15 secrets are broken up by chapter, and at the end, he applies these different secrets to time management to different types of people. He does it for the entrepreneur, he does it for the student, and he also does it for the stay-at-home mom, which I thought was very, very interesting. So all these just in the... The secrets are just jam-packed with nugget after nugget. And to actually see practical applications for stay-at-home moms, I think that'd be really, really good for your listeners. So if you want to check it out, it's 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management by Kevin Cruz. And you can get that at freeaudiobookfromnancy.com. Thank you for that, Nick. Well, for yourself as a productivity strategist, how how do you do it? And what would you share with our moms that could help us have less stress and, you know, help our husbands or just help our families run better? Yeah. As moms, stay at home moms, you're, you're taking on the world on your shoulders, right? There's so many different things to do and there's never enough time. And I hear it over and over and over again. So the biggest skill that a stay at home mom or stay at home dad, or really honest, any parent, can develop is to really hone in on your skills to set boundaries and say no. Um, and that goes along with not a to-do list, but more of a not-to-do list. So what are those things that are truly sucking your energy away, not only your time, but are really just, just sucking the life out of you? What are those things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Is it, well, I I need to, to do laundry every single day evening it's like the laundry is completely sucking up my nights and I'm not getting any help and it's all me and I feel like it's all on my shoulders or is it um is it certain relationships that you have or are you traveling too much throughout the day with meetings and are those meetings the right meetings are they really moving the needle forward for whatever it is you're trying to accomplish for your family so asking those questions about like what are those things that are really getting the results being deliberate about how you're spending your time and you talked about earlier just my calendar and how I only have certain times blocked out. Well, Wednesdays are my podcast days and they're also my, my in-person meeting days. So if it's not a Wednesday, there's a very, very slim chance that I'll schedule a meeting with you because um, I batch the meetings together. I, I'm prime. My mind is primed to have conversations on, on Wednesday. If it's not coaching clients, cause I do, I do productivity coaching on certain times too, but just, you know, just relationship type stuff, networking sort of meetings, and then podcast work is all on Wednesday. So I know that if I do it that way, I'm limiting transition time um, and I'm batching things together, certain tasks together that, that flow nicely. And I'm saying no on the other opportunities. The other, the other thing about saying no is like, there's just certain things that we shouldn't be taking part in. Um, so if you know what those things that you're doing 
that are actually growing your business or uh, enriching the life of you and your family. If, if there's tasks that aren't contributing to that, then the recognition of what those are automatically for, for me and my family and the people that I talk to and clients that I work with, we can get a, a lot, we can get much more creative on how we, how we eliminate those things out of our lives. Um, once the recognition is there. But a lot of times we're just in our, our day-to-day. We're in our world, and we don't even see what we're doing or why we're doing it. Does that make sense? It does. And sometimes, in fact, I've, I did two things this week that I watched myself do that I know are things I should say no to. And I was like, right. Nancy, you watch yourself doing this, and you know, <laughs> you know, my my rule for help is, if I have the capacity and the means, first of all, to offer it, and second, the person has to ask me or I have to ask permission to offer the help. And it, So those are the two things. They either have to explicitly say to you, will you help me with this? Or you explicitly have to say to them, could I help you with that? Otherwise, I call it rescuing. You're, you're trying to rescue somebody if you didn't ask for help. And the second thing is, you know you're rescuing, uh, you're jumping on what we call Cartman's Triangles. I'm giving my whole Be a Nice Mom 101 course today. Cartman's Triangle is where um, we jump on this triangle to rescue somebody, and then they don't appreciate it, whatever, and then we're stuck at this victim status of, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough of my own resources, whatever. And we jumped on the rescue triangle. Like, we jumped on it. And I think that's what you're saying by, there are certain things you should just say no to. I think you're absolutely right, and I love that you brought up this asking permission. That's like um, coaching 101 is that you don't, you don't just offer your advice to somebody unsolicited. Uh, if you ask permission, then they're much more primed and willing to hear. Like when I have my coaching sessions, typically the, the thing you probably hear more and more from me is, would you like some perspective on this or that, or would you like mm-hmm. some perspective on how – how to deal with your calendar because if I just give it and they're not expecting it, then the, the results are usually they're Sometimes they're fine, but oftentimes it just goes one ear out the other, you know? And Nick, did I really hear you say if laundry sucks up my life, I don't have to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, so that's, that's an interesting one. So, and I was thinking about this recently because we have a third baby now and you know, there's more laundry and, but yeah, there's, <laughs> and it, it, it and I go, I'm kind of get into my stuff now, like my, my program and how I work with clients. But the first thing that I look at it and encourage clients to do is really, well, the, the very first thing is understand what's your goals and your purpose for wanting to be productive. Like I, my tagline, if I had one is productivity with purpose. Like you, you mm. can just check off things all day on your to-do list, but if they're all the wrong things, then you're not being productive. You're not being delivered. You're not working on the right mm-hmm. things. So that's step one. And the step two for me is understanding the value of your time. So if I have an opportunity to potentially make you know, several hundred dollars an hour uh, working with a client or uh, delivering value to a podcast or whatever that is, if you understand the value of your time and the value of the task that you're participating in, for example, laundry, um, if the value of your time is greater than the task you're participating in and you have a recognition of that and you know that that and here's the trick, though, Nancy. Like you, you know that you have an, op- an opportunity cost. Like 
Mm. If you weren't doing laundry, you could be doing this other thing to generate more income and be a better use of your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then outsource it. You know, like there's mm-hmm. so many ways, creative ways we can outsource now through services like TaskRabbit or, you know, or laundry, like simplicity perspective to the dry cleaner. You know, like there's just, there's there's things that we, we're often so afraid to invest in um, having other people do work for us. But really, you want to align where you bring the the greatest value in to your family, to your work, to the people, the relationships that you have, like you want to add the most value you possibly can. And if you're doing things that are sucking your energy away and, and causing um, stress and just, you know, disdain for the position that you're at in life, then get rid of it any way you can and work with your spouse to develop strategies to get with it, to get rid of it. Because like if, if my wife said to me, like, she wanted to stop doing laundry and it would make her a happier person. And, <laughs> and she would do, she would do Y instead of X. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm going to invest in that 100% because she's like, I'm going to be happier around the house because now I know that we have a system for doing laundry that, that works a lot better than it, than it was. She's not stressed about that. So what are those mm-hmm. different things that you can do to eliminate the stress is, is what mm-hmm. I would say. So yes, to answer your question, no, you don't have to do laundry unless it's, unless it's one of those things that you feel like, Hey, you do it best. It is not a burden for you. Um, I think it, it's it's personal productivity. Like it's got to be personal. It's not one size fits all for this stuff. No, and I think you're right. There are some things that women can handle and do well, and there are some things they can't. I remember I uh, when I was married, I I I realized that I was angry every time I had to deal with the pets because my mm-hmm. hands were getting dirty, and then when the baby cried, I couldn't immediately take care of the baby. And I was and I was angry about having to be torn from my children by this task, and yeah. and it wasn't I wasn't angry about the pets. It's that I knew that was going to be a problem, and I set the boundary, and the boundary was violated anyway. And mm-hmm. that that's where the trigger was for me. So it's not even just like, does it suck the life units out of you? Can you do it? And can you do it with kindness, peace, mm-hmm. patience, love? And I knew that I couldn't manage pets and an infant and a, and a two-year-old. And I was like, the, the pets have to go. Like either the pets go or you take care of them, but I'm, I'm managing babies right now. I'm not dealing yeah. with that. And I think sometimes w- women can have permission. You know, we have permission to, yeah. if you recognize that's not going to work for you in a kind manner, it's okay to, to set a boundary, you know, with the dad or the husband or the partners, you know, whatever. Yeah, and I completely agree with what you're saying. The language you use, setting boundaries, is good. I think one of the for a situation like that, though, um, I would maybe prefer saying like making an agreement. You know, like mm-hmm. if, if this is how this situation, this pet situation, is, is affecting me right now, and my state of mind, and my attitude towards the kids, like it's for me, it's not working. Well, your husband can't argue with that. Like it's just, this is your feelings, how you're how you're perceiving the situation, and uh, the agreement would be okay. Well, I I'm not going to to take care of the the pets and the kids. This is why. Um, do you have any? Can we work together to figure out a way to to handle the pets that doesn't involve me having to get my hands dirty and then deal with the kids, you know, the very next moment? Can we come to an agreement and, and work together and negotiate something that works? Well, if the answer is no, then 
you learned how to say no. You're like, okay, we're saying no to the pets. Like it doesn't have, this isn't part of our lives that's that important to us. If we both can't come to an agreement of, of how this is making, making it work. So yeah, there's, there's setting boundaries and what you won't do. That's part of the process, but then like getting agreement versus having some sort of expectation of, mm-hmm. of what the husband should do. And, and, and this is like a, a new sort of epiphany for me is I've really been getting into the concept of agreements versus expectations. And that's something that came from Steve Chandler. Um, he's got a great audio out there about agreements versus expectations. Is that on your Make It Snappy show? Uh, no, it's not. Well, you know, I I think it would be a, a very good topic to cover in the near future, but I have not got that yet. But if you wanted to learn about agreements versus expectations, I could highly recommend Steve Chandler's audio. And if you just Google Steve Chandler audio, you should be able to find it. Perfect. Yeah, we always joke about um, expectations are just premeditated resentment. Absolutely, yes. I completely agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's get down to the wire here. I think you have a free resource that you can offer my moms. Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. So I have um, what I put together, I call it how to create 71 more minutes in your day without sacrificing for your family without sacrificing your business so it's it's catered specifically for parents who live busy lives and it's um i'm an engineer i'm not sure if i mentioned that from the beginning but by degree i'm a mechanical engineer so i'm all about project management and process i've taken like the premise of everything that i'm all about with productivity is taking these like lean six sigma process concepts and applying them to personal effectiveness so i take um a process approach in this guide and it's basically a good Here's the different areas of your life as a parent that could be bogging you down, and here are some alternatives that you might want to consider. Uh, steps, like just basically four steps to to create more time in your day. There's just certain things that we do that we don't even think about that can generate more minutes. And I think 71 minutes is how the numbers added up when I calculated them. I did the research and um, did, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I collect data and I, I look at it and this, this is how the numbers, I thought that was a pretty cool number. It got, you know, people's attention, like 71 minutes. That's interesting. You know, why not 60, why not 80, you know? So, um, that's, that's the title of it. And I, I believe if you implement the processes in this guide, like it's, you'll get way more than 71 minutes. I was being totally conservative. So I think, um, <laughs> I, I think, I think can... it's, sorry. No, I'd I say I think the guide is valuable, and um, you you can get it off my website. Well, tell us the name of the website. It, the website is makeitsnappyshow.com forward slash guide. Makeitsnappyshow.com forward slash guide, and I'll post that link in you know in the in the show description as well. But I think you'll appreciate what you find from Nick at makeitsnappyshow.com slash guide. Nick, is there anything I neglected to ask or include that you would like to add or a blessings you have you have for the families who listen? I would just say would you want to be more productive with your family life? Then get the family together, learn how to create a family or create a family mission statement. Really think what is what are my family, what is my family all about? Get everybody's feedback, kids, your spouse. And once you have that feedback and agree on really where's this family going, then you can set up the strategies from a productivity perspective to get you there. Because it's not about the work, you know, it's it's about the reason why we work. 
So I just encourage everybody to stay productive with purpose. Thank you so much for that guide. And I know you have a second resource, which is even more generous. Would you be willing to tell my moms about that? Absolutely. Well, any moms that are looking for a little guidance that would appreciate a personal coaching session with me, I would offer your listeners up to 90 minutes of my time. Um, And we could have a powerful conversation and help them move forward with their own purpose. How's that sound? Oh, wait, wait. You kind of mumbled there. Did you just say 90 minutes of time with a man who says, I don't have to do laundry? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. 90 minutes of my time. All they need to do is text the word productive to 44222, and I'll send them everything they need to do to set up the session. Perfect. So you can have a private consultation with Nick Snap, who's a productivity strategist, father of three, has worked for very large corporations. Like if you go read his LinkedIn profile under Nicholas Snap, you'll be like, what? We had that kind of engineer on the mom show? Yes. And uh, lovely to talk to. So I'm going to repeat this for you. You can text this number 44222. And when you put the word productive, Nick will send you all the information you need to schedule that free consultation with him. I sure will. All right. Thank you, Nick. You're very welcome. That's it for Be a Nice Mom with Skills, Episode 13 with Nick Snap of the Make It Snappy Show. I'm Nancy Lucas, the Safe and Calm Mommy Mentor and a Conscious Discipline Certified Instructor in Florida. Conscious Discipline is a comprehensive social, emotional, and classroom management program that uses everyday life events to teach children and adults self-control, conflict resolution, character development, and social skills. So go Be a Nice Mom and visit BeANiceMom.com for a free Be a Nice Mom starter kit.